time to ham up. Oh my god, I really try hard. Shut it down! Somehow it's the best. After the credits. A Yum Chunks podcast. Yum Chunks! Welcome, everyone, to After the Credits, a Yum Chunks podcast, episode 41, the podcast where we can't guarantee it's going to be good. That's our uh, that's our official motto now, as of tonight. I am Matt Chewy, your host for the evening. With me today is Ryan Davis. Hey, Ryan. Hey. hey it's good to it's good to hear you. I missed you. It's great to be back. It's, it's great to be back. <laughs> and we also have Sean Davis here today. Hey, Sean. I, I never left. I've always been here. Yes. <laughs> can't get rid of me. <laughs> How are you doing today, Sean? I'm good. Good. Uh, it's hot, though. Is it hot down there? Well, my my AC broke a few days ago, and uh, and it, we had a couple hot days here where I live, but we got it fixed. So I'm nice and chilly in my uh, in my environment. So it's good. I, yeah, I'm pretty coastal, so it's actually not that bad. Oh, good. Look at you with your coastal breezes and air conditioning. Fancy pants. <laughs> For some speaking reason, of... I record in a sauna. I don't know why that happens. but uh, Speaking of coastal breezes and air conditioning, Sean, what's the topic of today? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, let's actually talk, mention it up front this episode. Um, we're going to be talking about Toy Story 4. Yes, um, indeed. It actually came out about two weeks ago. But well, we, that's here's the, just here's more time for us to think about it and give you that's... opinions. It's a couple days before, but I've decided we're going to get this episode out on the 4th. We're celebrating the 4th oh, Toy yeah. Story on July 4th. Mm-hmm. There you go. Hopefully, if you're Perfect. listening to it, um, you're not lis- actually listening to this on the 4th and you have better plans. Um, <laughs> but, you know, what a, it is. I what would it like is. to believe that people will be listening to this podcast in sync with fireworks shows all across the sky. But... Oh, no. Should we be singing? <laughs> Let's put in some, like, you know, patriotic music in the background as we okay. talk. Whole episode. Yes. Stars and Stripes Forever. <laughs> Battle Hymn of the Republic. Whole episode. Oh, Get ready awesome. for it. It's about to start. All right. Yeah, we're going to be talking Toy Story 4 tonight. Um, it has been a little while. This episode got delayed a couple times, but uh, we're going to do our best to try to remember what happened in this movie and remember how we felt about it. So it might be a little rough, but we'll see how this goes. Uh, before that, though, I think probably it's time for a, uh, a trip around the chunk fire. Yeah, yeah, I think that's... so. Let's let's take that trip, eh? All right, let's play what the do... chunk fire theme. <laughs> okay, wait, do we have one? <laughs> yeah, the, I thought that we had like a little ditty. Oh, chunk fire! <laughs> uh, we have a ditty. We have a bumper, but it's not finished yet. Uh, Stay oh, okay. tuned one day. Maybe it'll be in this episode. No, work in progress. Okay, so just plays. You know the beat. stars and stripes forever. Oh yeah, I'm gonna make like the that. crackling of a fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we All should right. do that. That, we good. should get some crackling fire. The entire chunk fire story is like always playing on the background. Oh, that would be actually kind of that'd be cool. We should try that out. All right, maybe we'll try it out for this episode. We'll see. All right. Uh, well, uh, Sean, why don't, you, why, don't you, why don't you lead us off? What's up? All what's right. Oh, what have I been up to? Well, the first thing I'm going to mention is mainly just a brag because it's cool and i want to brag about it i got to see spider-man far from home what? at the time of, at the time of this recording it that's a cool thing at the time <laughs> of you listening to it it 
It's like, oh, yeah, I saw it too because you'll probably be listening to it after it came out. I literally have tickets for tomorrow morning. (laughs) No. Yeah. Well, let it be known that I saw it a whole week in advance. I saw it last week. Our work had a uh, free sneak preview screening for everyone. And I won't comment on the movie and my opinions on it because I'm guessing we're going to be doing an episode shortly. I would like to. But it was just cool. I got to go see a sneak preview. It was fun. Yeah, that is always cool. The three of us, I think, uh, also probably Vince. I can't remember. We, we all, I remember mm-hmm. we all went to go to the Captain America uh, Winter Soldier preview a yeah. few years ago. You remember that we did that? Oh yeah, oh. that was that's cool. That's always yeah. a nice little special thing. That's cool. I'm happy for you. I'm also jealous. <laughs> Good. That yeah. was the mission of that story. So mission accomplished. <laughs> um, what else have been up to though? Um, uh, I also started watching the second season of the TV show Dark on Netflix. I don't know if you guys... Yeah. I think the first season aired before we started the podcast up, so we haven't really talked about it on the show. But the first season was... It's one of my favorite shows. It's hmm. I, I love it. It's it's like sci-fi. It's There's elements of like Stranger Things, but it's more adult. It's a German show, though, too. So if, if you don't like foreign things, I don't know. I would recommend watching it with um, subtitles, though. I'm not gonna. Not I'm not gonna take a stand on the internet saying I don't like foreign things. I just well, feel sorry, like that's, I meant foreign that's probably a, a little too controversial of a <laughs> yeah. of a stance to well. take, just in general. <laughs> in any case, it's a really, really good show. The first season, but it's also. Vi- I, I, I won't also go into details in case people are interested in watching it for spoilers. Um, but it's very complicated. It's very complex. It's it's you really got to be paying attention to the show to kind of follow along, but. Uh, I watched the second season premiere, and I hadn't seen the first season in like a year. I have no idea what was going on. Oh. <laughs> like they did a recap of the first season, and it just made me more confused than anything else. <laughs> so, like, I'm thinking, I'm contemplating now. Is like, do I really want to go back and watch all of season one again? It was really great, but it's like, oh, watching a whole, you know, watching a whole yeah. season just to catch up with what's happening in season two. So I don't know. I'm on the fence about that. We'll see how that goes, um, but. Um, for those who haven't, I recommend season one, catch up, and then you could jump right into season two. Um, and what else? Oh, and then I've been playing a couple of games. Um, I got this game called Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. I don't know oh, if yeah. you've heard of that. I it have was, heard of that. It was started out as a Kickstarter, and it kind of got delayed, um, and finally came out a couple weeks ago. And is basically the the kind of the son the grandson the whatever of the castlevania symphony of the night and the metroidvania mm-hmm. kind of series and it's super fun it's it's very much just a clone of those games so if you like those types of games um it they don't do anything different they don't even try to or pretend to hmm. but it's really fun if you like that stuff and then i played this one other game called with some friends called ultimate chicken horse i had oh, never I you you have I had never heard I've of that. He- I've heard of it, yeah. Okay, so it's it it's kind of like a, one of those like little mini multiplayer games that's great on the Switch, but it's on PS4 and stuff too. But um, like uh, Towerfall Ascension, where it's kind of like a little mini competitive platformer, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that mixed with Mario Maker. So the idea is that you have everyone has like thirty seconds to place an object in this simple platforming level, and then once everyone places an object. They all have to try to get to the goal. Like, and hmm. there's like obstacles that you get, and then it's over a series of rounds, and whoever gets the most points, you get points by finishing the level first. It's, like, it's just a really fun, competitive, addictive thing. It's really quirky and just like 
funny and whimsical and great just like everyone sitting on the couch having fun being children yes like the good old days anyways it was definitely worth a mention a lot of fun with friends check out ultimate chicken horse i had never heard of it so it was a surprise to me i have it on my steam and switch wish lists and uh i'm just waiting for it to be a good price so uh yeah i don't know how it would do if i were playing it by myself Right. So I would definitely recommend if you have, you know, have some friends who also have it, play with it. Absolutely. Anyways, that that was me though. What about um, Ryan? What what stories do you have in stow? Oh boy, all the stories I have to tell you. Um, well, let's see. I guess not too exciting, but I finished the th- last season of Jessica Jones, which was pretty not good, not good at all. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and look, I, at the first season of that show was really good. Um, but it, it I liked fun. most of the second season. I would say most of it. I, yeah. It still wasn't. I don't know. I just those Marvel shows. I don't know. I just don't know about yeah. those things. I'll watch so, season three, but yeah. Yeah, I. I mean, if you we've all gone this far, you can't stop yeah. now. Um, and I don't know if you guys have seen this movie on Netflix. Uh, Always be my maybe. I am uh, not, but I know of it. Yeah. Yes, it has Ali Wong and. Uh, someone, I think the last name is Park. Anyway, it's, um, you know, it's like your stereotypical Netflix rom-com fair. Um, but I think, uh, you know, if I had to recommend any of those rom-coms, this would be number one on the list. I thought wait, they did wait. A... you're recommending a Netflix movie? <laughs> I said if I had to. Oh, if you had to? Because <laughs> yeah. I've been sitting here in suspense seeing what you were going to say about this movie. You, you, always right, bring up your, either way. You, you always bring up your Netflix exploits, and they're always yeah. bad. You're correct. That is I, I mean, I, I'm, one, I'm imagining a scenario where you're forced to recommend a Netflix yeah. movie. Like... <laughs> the gun to my head, I have to or I die. Um, this is the movie I'm going to say, okay? All right. So there you go. Um, but last week I went on a vacation, something that is very foreign to me. Um, it's been, I think, two years since my last actual vacation. As, aside from like taking two days off to go to Comic Con, kind of stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, I went out to the redwoods and I went camping for a few days and nights, and that was super fun. Um, I did see a bear while on a hiking trail. That was somewhat startling, but um, I asked it politely not to eat me, and it complied. So <laughs> I'm still here. Uh, you were actually around a real campfire telling stories. I don't that's know, maybe true. you weren't. Did you actually, did you actually build a campfire? Uh, yeah, well, I had at least three campfires. <laughs> a, a campfire is different than a junk fire. We need to oh, okay. So, well, yeah. <laughs> that's true. We, did you record your encounter with the bear? We could play it in the background of this conversation. <laughs> Just like rumbling through bushes yes, and leaves. A bear like... mauling you <laughs> oh, as you yes, tell him that. to stop. I can just scream in the background for the rest of the chunk fires. How many things that are you putting in the tw- background of this episode? Yeah. <laughs> Ryan screaming, bear sounds, the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Could have I ten layers this, on this me- Audacity track. It's like a ten layer taco bean dip of an episode. <laughs> Happy Fourth of July, everyone. Yeah. Actually I know you can do quite a few layers in Audacity because I once did like a nineteen layer track of me going whoosh, like that. <laughs> don't worry about why <laughs> I, I was you'll on, find out sooner later. i was on tumblr and somebody i followed like asked everyone one of their followers to record themselves singing the sonic adventure theme song 
and had hundreds of people send them in and then put them all in one audacity file on top of each other <laughs> and exported it and it's the most insane bonkers uh, i'll send it to you guys I'll okay. link it in this episode but it's it's nonsense it's absolute nonsense that sounds fantastic she, she was like i put as many in audacity as i could before the computer crashed <laughs> Not because it was like running out of processing power, but because <laughs> the like, computer achieved sentience yeah, no. and wanted to kill itself. <laughs> it's an abomination. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. Remind well, uh, yeah, that, and it's, that was my chunk fire stories. Um, had a nice vacation. Now I'm back at work and hating life again. Just kidding. Oh, no. it's, it's fine. It's just fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Matt, what have you? Uh, what have you been up to? Um. What have I been up to? Um, well, you know, I'm still out of work, um, but uh, I would be anyway because I teach. So I, it's summer. So oh, you, know. <laughs> you make um, it sound so. Well, I mean, I'm not I'm doing it. I'm not, I'm not doing any theater work right now because I'm still yeah. healing. But you know, it, yeah. it, I'm taking it easy. I was gonna try to go back to doing theater work sooner, but I think I'm just gonna keep taking it easy because I'm still kind of yeah. in recovery. Your theater mode. work just means going to the theater. Right now, it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good. That's all. I'm, that's all. I'm, I'm you're doing market that. research. Ex- yes, absolutely. Um, I don't have a, a ton to bring to uh, the Chunk Fire. Also, kind of do though. Um, I mean, <laughs> well, I bought Mario Maker Two, but I haven't started it. Yet. I was just going to ask you about that. I, I haven't like, even did you touched get Mario it. Maker Two because I was at the store last weekend and I was so tempted to buy. I was like, uh, no, I'm, I, I got too much going on this week. I'm not going to have time to play it, so I didn't get it yet. Well, I, I pre-ordered it because it had the bundle with the uh, year of Nintendo Online, which I didn't have, and I didn't know if that oh. was going to be just a pre-order or not, so I pre-ordered it so I could get that, that discounted year. Oh, but cool. then the game unlocked, and I just have not touched it at all, so I don't even know why it's worth mentioning, because it's, not, it's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll ask you this, though. Have either of you guys seen Men in Black International? No. Nope. I, okay, I figured. I have not met a single person who's watched that movie. <laughs> have you seen it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I went to go see it the other day, um, and that's the one item that. Uh, well, we're probably not going to do an episode about it. So, how was it? <laughs> how was it? Um, yeah, that's see, that's why I, that's why I thought this could be either long or short. Um, I had thoughts on it. Um, I didn't hate it. Um, I also didn't even dislike it. Um, oh, okay. I, uh, I I think, and this is not really like huge praise, but I think I felt. So similarly to how I did about Dark Phoenix. I, I liked it more than I liked Dark Phoenix, but I kind of feel like if this was just a random Men in Black movie, it would have been fine. I also feel like this is a movie that, like, if it if it was there wasn't so much competition in the theaters right now, I think yeah. more people would have... Like, if, if it came out at a, a less busy time of year, more people would have seen it. I think it would have had better word of mouth. Um, yeah. And I think it would have done okay. Um, it's not... It's not 22% on the tomato meter bad. I think it's... I don't even necessarily think it's bad. And there's some things I liked about it. I'll just give my little mini review. I'll, I'll try to keep this short. But um, but there are some things that I thought were kind of refreshing as far as a Men in Black movie goes. Um, for one thing, it's like... It, it felt very unconcerned about being a comedy. Um, which I think was good and bad. Because it's, it's bad because it had some dry stretches, but... It was good because it was the first one that didn't feel like it was just trying to capture the same madcap feeling that the first movie had, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of that a lot of that had to do with Will Smith and the goofy alien stuff. And I feel like I feel like 
they captured lightning in a bottle with that first movie and they were they've been trying to replicate the formula ever since and i feel like this movie was not super concerned about trying to do that um it was kind of just trying to be a men in black movie that existed in the universe they'd already set up yeah um and i thought that was kind of interesting and you know again that makes for a little bit more dry of a movie but when it was funny i wasn't i was caught off guard because i wasn't like i'm watching a comedy you know Mm -hmm. um okay so the the parts that were funny actually got me um so i thought that was i thought that was uh interesting um you know everything gets remade these days so nostalgic nods we've talked to, to death and like you know when we did like our yeah. solo episode and whatever um i thought they were pretty uh restrained in that manner um the only the only reference i could see to uh will smith's character was uh at the mib like the big boss's headquarters at the uh, international mib in yeah. the office there's all these big giant ornate oil paintings and every oil painting supposedly depicts an event in history where the MIB saved the world. And there's one that has Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith fighting the bug in front of the um in oh. front of the World's Fair globe exploding. And that's yeah. the only reference to Will Smith at all in oh, the movie that yeah. I that I could tell. And like there was a scene where like the worm guys came out of a subway and they're talking. Um there was a scene where you see the pug and he's got like one smart alecky line, but for the most part it wasn't concerned about shoving things that you remember from the old movies, which I thought was pretty surprising. Um, so yeah, um, that was cool. And then this is the first movie since the original one where like we see a new character being recruited into the men in black. Cause the first one mm. it's Will Smith and then he's the main character for the okay. next two. So yeah. this one has Tessa Thompson's character being, uh, recruited and I don't minor spoilers. I don't think anybody cares, but like I thought it was interesting because uh, in this one the whole idea is that like as a little girl she saw something she wasn't supposed to see. So she didn't get neuralized, so she knew that the Men in Black existed like her whole life. So like the whole first act is about her growing up trying to figure out how do I find the Men in Black and how do I get into it. Um, and I like oh, okay that's cool I actually wish they had gone a little farther with it but I thought that was a cool first act because it was different um, yeah. it, was, it was a little fresh so um, yeah I mean I feel like I feel like there was an attempt with this movie at least you know yeah. I, I felt like they they did kind of try to give it the call try to make it something its own thing um, Chris Hemsworth is kind of just doing Thor which is you know <laughs> funny or not depending on how there's even a Thor yeah. reference where he throws a hammer and nothing happens, um, which like I don't know. It it's got its good, it's got its bad, but it's definitely not it's definitely not twenty two percent yeah bad. Okay. I I think that's I think that's really unfair. I I don't know that I would full on recommend going out to see it, but like if it's streaming or if it's like on TBS, like. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you could yeah. do worse so in than three just... years, everyone. I, I mean, like I mean, or Redbox or whatever. I mean, you yeah. could do you could do worse than just to put it on. I mean, I, I saw it out of curiosity, um, and also having low expectations really, uh, yeah, that that always helps. Yeah, you know. Um, but uh, I don't know. I yeah, it was all right. That's <laughs> cool. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> okay. Do you ever feel sometimes like you you like a movie a little bit more? I'm not saying this is a case for Men in Black, obviously, but it like dark phoenix like sometimes like well i kind of just feel sorry for the movie so i like it a little bit more than maybe i should a little bit i mean i don't know if it's that i feel sorry i guess but it's but i also do feel like 
I do feel like just in general, and I've talked about this before, but I feel like everything's so polarized these days. Yeah. And you can't just you can't just say that something was all right or pretty good or not mm-hmm. that good. It's got to be it's got to be one side or the other. And I really feel like this and Dark Phoenix kind of got the shaft a little bit because nobody's going to say, yeah. "Well, it's a great movie, so then it, it's bad." And it must then be a bad movie, the numbers right? go yeah. down. Yeah. So it's yeah. like. You can't just have like a, a an okay to pretty good Men in Black movie, you know. But that's exactly what I thought it was. So I don't know. I think also it kind of is interesting too because just in terms of the scale of you know modern Hollywood, right? Mm-hmm. You you don't have the in between films anymore. And I think Dark Phoenix kind of felt like that. We didn't. I didn't really say that specifically in our discussion, but like right, like you have you, you could only have these gigantic multi hundred million dollar big budget films right or you have your low budget character comedies or dramas that are like super super cheap but Mm -hmm. there's none of that in between anymore right or at least it's not very common but that dark phoenix kind of felt like that like it felt like a more in between like it's not your avengers level action film but right i don't know i i kind of have now i've had a little bit more time to reflect on dark phoenix i feel like yeah, I mean, the the thing that really killed X-Men Apocalypse for me was that it was trying really hard to be yeah. a modern superhero movie, like, on par with something like The Avengers, and it just turned into a big mess, mm-hmm. and that's not why I ever liked X-Men, and interestingly enough, Fe- Dark Phoenix was closer to the type of X-Men movies that I enjoy than Apocalypse was, so, yeah, yeah and it's because of that reason, it's like, it doesn't have to, everything doesn't have to be giant and big and bombastic and big you know cartoon mess like a lot of these you know some some franchises are better than that than others yeah. so uh, well, there well, you go that's if all i happen all right. to stumble I'll... into a theater one day i'll check out if you movie. if you have time to kill and you are and you need to go see a movie and it happens <laughs> to still be playing which it probably won't because i actually had kind of a hard time finding it showtime but you know you could do worse so I'm like, if I'm in the same situation or a similar situation where I'm, one, forced to recommend a movie on Netflix and forced <laughs> to go see a movie, mm-hmm. I have some options now. Yes. Well, your free will is being stripped away, so. <laughs> yeah. <that's... laughs> and all of our options are squarely averaged. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Exactly. Cool. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I bring to the fire this week. So uh, why, don't we, why don't we shift gears? Sounds good. Um, Well, we offered our offerings, and now we're going to get into discussion um, of Toy Story 4. Of course, that means spoilers for all of Toy Story 4 stuff, and probably Toy Stories 1 through 3 stuff, though I feel like pretty much everyone's have seen those films who's going to be interested in seeing Toy Toy Story 4. But in any case... uh, so, before we get into the general discussion, though, Ryan. Yeah. Do you what, remember what happened in Toy Story 4? What happened in this movie? I don't remember. Well, let me tell you what happened. Luckily, I waited a long time to see this movie, so it should be more fresh in my mind, but feel free to chime in every time I make a mistake or something. I, don't know. I won't know if you do or not. <laughs> All right. Perfect. All right. Well, as our viewers may remember, um, where we last left our troop of toys we left them in Bonnie's care, the little girl that Andy donated them to her, right? So we kind of pick up from there. And Woody's kind of been outcast. She doesn't, Bonnie doesn't really like him, so he's super sad about it. Anyway, so Bonnie starts kindergarten and creates a toy called Spoonie, Spoonie, right? 
Forky. Forky. Ah, uh, whatever. It should be Sporky. <laughs> uh, I got the name wrong already. I quit. Uh, we're, that's why we're here. We're Thanks. correcting you. Forky. Uh, you... All right. Really? For- in my head, it was Spoonie. All right. <laughs> See, you played uh, Forky Spoonie before, Sean. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's not a noise. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, anyway, so this Forky character is super suicidal. Um, <laughs> Classic Toy Story whimsy. Classic Toy Story. As having constant existential crises. Yeah. Yes. Um, so Woody has to babysit it from from throwing itself in the trash can. Anyway, the the Bonnie's family decides to go on a road trip, and the entire Toy Story toy crew is coming along for the ride. And the whole time, Woody's going to have to keep this Forky guy alive, um, which is a very interesting uh, plot development, I found. Very oh, yeah. humorous and weird. Um Anyway, so they arrive at their destination, more or less, and Woody and Forky had a little side adventure where they got to get back to the main family. And on the way, they stop by an antique shop wherein Spoonie, sorry, Forky gets captured. I have to update all my notes. Dang it. (laughs) Dang it. Okay, Forky gets captured in the antique shop by a doll named Gabby. And Woody goes to recruit some help from Bo Peep. Remember her Bo Peep? I guess we lost kind her along of. the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't remember. remember that happening, but I guess it did. <laughs> um, and they go to rescue uh, Forky from the clutches of Gabby. Woody ultimately has to make her sacrifice in the form of his voice box to get Forky back. That occurs. And then Woody and Bo Peep decide, or well, I guess Woody decides to join Bo Peep and her troop of misfit toys in their own adventure and Woody leaves the Toy Story crew forever. Or maybe not. If they make a sequel. We'll see. Uh, There you have it. There you have it. Yep. Toy Story 4 in a nutshell. Perfect. Um, So, wow. This is a movie. And I don't... I'm going to be honest... There's a lot of I have a lot of feelings from this movie, and I saw it whatever two weeks ago or a week ago now, and I don't know I still haven't had processed all those feelings. I don't know how I feel. I mean, in generally, I really like this movie. I I liked it way more than I was expecting. I did not go into this film with an open mind of like I'm gonna like this film, or I just like all right, they're this obvious cash grab. They had a really good trilogy. It ended great. They didn't need to make another one. What are you doing? <clears throat> So that's that was my mm-hmm. attitude going into this film, yeah. and I was pleasantly surprised walking out of it how much it I enjoyed it. Um, though I did have criticisms. Anyways, that was my take. What about you guys? Um, I really liked this movie a lot. I thought it was excellent. Um, I liked the story. I feel like I got invested in the parts that they wanted me to. I feel like I was sufficiently manipulated emotionally in the way that Pixar wanted me to feel. Um, you know, cried at the parts that I knew they wanted me to, etc. Um, I thought it was a well-crafted story. The animation's great. Um, I don't think... And we can talk more about this later, but I don't think it's a better f- ending to the series than Toy Story 3. Hmm. Um, I and for lots of reasons that we'll go over, but yeah, I I struggled with that for a little while, and because of that, I'm st- I'm still kind of in the gray area of 
do I need this movie? Which, you know, we don't need any movies, but um, <laughs> but just in general, I'm kind of like, uh, yeah, I, I have a little bit of mixed feelings coming out of it just because I, you know, it, it kind of complicates some things story-wise and it's not as clean now. It's kind of a different ending note than the last one had. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, yeah, so on a purely just on a visceral, I went to a movie, and did I enjoy myself? I did. In fact, yeah, I, I enjoyed it far more than I thought I was going to, and I would also say more than I wanted to, <laughs> for all the reasons you can, which, I know, that sounds bad, but for all the reasons you guys have already touched on, I it's almost like, yeah, obvious cash grab, why are they making this? They ended it so, I thought, so perfectly with that trilogy how you know why risk quote unquote messing that up mm-hmm. um you know when you had such a great thing already um but after having seen it i again i liked it more than i thought i would etc and yeah i don't know that this is a better ending or even to the point of did, did we yeah again do we need this movie did this movie deserve to exist quote unquote um as i like i keep thinking okay. about that from our aladdin review like did this ex- deserve to exist in the, on this realm of <laughs> our universe or whatever but um so that question i would be fun to talk about but uh but yeah overall i definitely really enjoyed it and i think for me while it kind of does tarnish or i don't know the whole idea of a trilogy i think more like maybe i can just consider this as it's now just a saga we had our original trilogy and for the most part keep making them at this point i mean why stop now hmm. i mean if they're gonna yeah. be if the quality is gonna be maintained then i don't right yeah at this point yeah sure i wouldn't mind more um and i also that's an interesting point like does it need to be a series that has a clean beginning, middle, and end. Does everything need right. to be a trilogy? If there are more stories mm-hmm. that could tell, and the and they're always going to be good. Yeah, which so, exactly. so far they have. Mm-hmm. Then okay, bring on five. I don't, you know, like yeah, it, right. Why are we putting rules on ourselves? I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's a nature of how they made the first three that we, or if there's just like some cultural, like I mean, I think there is where we 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 uphold like. That trilogy is some sort of like structural, you know, yeah, holy grail or something. When it's right. like, well, I mean, it's arbitrary. It doesn't like three, four, six, one. Like the story. What's important is a good story, good characters, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So right. I, I agree. It may not be fair to judge like, oh, well, it's not outside the trilogy that you know it's less legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would be more, I would be comfortable with just seeing more in theory. In, in theory, but at, at the same time, it's just like again, it's just like ah, they ended it so like yeah, right. They ended it. They ended. Stop it. They ended it. Yeah. Stop it. Stop. No, it. I, I feel the same way. That's that's why I didn't going into this. I had my doubts, and a, a small asterisk. What I said is that yeah, keep making them. But for me, this also kind of I don't know is sort of not a like a death tone, but just sort of like the idea that Pixar has always been so creative in my mind, mm-hmm. and and. Toy Story is proof of that, but with their kind of consension of, well, we're just going to keep making the same thing, to me is also giving up on the idea that they were a powerhouse mm-hmm. of creativity at one point. Right. So I'll put that asterisk on my, you know. Well, on, on that note, they have said, I mean, if you look at the slate and they're, what they've, the company said, they've said they're moving away from sequels after this. The, and the next, okay. the next two or three movies that they've announced are all original ideas, and they're 
they've said they're trying to get away from sequels. But going back to the idea of the trilogy, like, Toy Story 3 was very unlikely to happen for a very long time. Like, it, it, just the way the company worked and everything, it was, there was, it's, it's actually surprising that Toy Story 3 came together. And it would have just been one and two. And I didn't get to the end of two going, I need a conclusion to this story. Yeah. You know, I didn't feel like yeah. I got to a second a- end of the second act after Toy Story 2 and going, okay, how are we going to wrap this up? You know, it yeah, just it's felt like... like a Empire Strikes Back, like... Right. You, it, it, like cliffhanger or something. It just felt like another episode in the lives of these toys. And that's kind of, mm-hmm. I think, what we have to decide is, do we like it better that there's somehow this grand statement and this whole thing is this big connected thing about these toys and it means something bigger and it has to have this big ending or are we cool with it just being the ongoing adventures of these toys that we know you know and yeah i think that that's really what it comes down to yeah Yeah. i agree i mean and i i don't know if i necessarily have a specific answer in my opinion per Mm -hmm. se i i do think though that like especially with three and with with this one the, like you're right with the ending of two there was not a sense of like oh a third one's coming but it also did not feel like a finale like any sort of um finality to the series in general right mm-hmm. with this when the second one ended it was like oh that was just another kind of adventure but with three it definitely felt conclusive whether this was intended or not or whatever like this was a, a sort of you know, finale, finale of the entire series up to this point, right? Well, yeah, well, not to get into a review of 3, but I think what 3 did really well is that if you go back and think about number 2, it introduces the idea that, like, Woody can break, Woody can get mm-hmm. old, Andy's not going to take you to college, what's going to happen when you're an old toy, and it's a lesser idea in the second one, and by the time the second one's over, you know, it feels like a resolved finished movie but then the third one decided to go back and run with that idea and then and that i feel like retroactively made the whole thing feel like it was more of a bigger statement so yeah it, i suppose that's true i guess what i'm saying though is that like i don't mind the idea of like an ongoing saga of right. just different adventures or something like that but i just feel like in a lot in 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 toy story 4 and toy story 3 uh, the ending of those movies has not lent itself to like this is just another adventure in their countless adventures. Like right. it's not a James Bond franchise where I know he's gonna have another. Like right, the way this movie ended was very point pointed and poignant and right. and a, a, a drastic change from the standard just another adventure. Right. It's, so that's what I mean. Where it's like I, I'm I'm okay with them doing adventures, but the way this story unfolded and was resolved does not see like it seems like they want their cake and eat it too they want right. this sense of like finality and the saga coming to a close but yeah we might make some more anyway it, it puts us in a weird place in my opinion because we have the first two movies that both end on a note that feel like they're self-contained and mm-hmm. then you have the next two movies that both feel like a finale somehow yeah and yeah that's weird it's, it's not quite sitting right with me I, I can't articulate why, but it, it, it doesn't quite sit right with me. It's very strange. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. And the other thing, too, is this doesn't, isn't necessarily any sort of reflection on the quality of the film. Again, like, right. Right? Like, yeah. like we all agree that we like the film for lots of different reasons. But it is something that I, I think, you know, has to be at least acknowledged. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, that's what I mean when I was said earlier, like, when I first started, is, like, I have a lot of feelings about this moment. I don't know how, like, I, I still haven't resolved a lot of that. And that's part of it. 
for sure. Well, here we are in group therapy. We can hopefully help uh, <laughs> help each other work them out. Um, but uh, well, going into some of the just the highlights for me. So it is pretty crazy and amazing. Just like to go back watch Toy Story one now mm-hmm. and just like the visual quality, <laughs> the the road that it has gone on into what it is now. Because well, obviously, yeah, I noticed when they uh, ridiculous they were doing flashbacks and they were a- animating Andy as a little kid again, like. Toy Story 1 era little kid and he looks unrecognizable to how Andy looked in the original movie like to the point where it was gross I I can't think of a better word but he looks so different because they went back and actually redrew his models and it's it's strange yeah it's technically technologically the series has come quite up quite a ways yeah um Um, but I thought they did a really great job of giving enough time to all the characters that are favorites for the most part like i guess buzz felt a little bit sidelined mm. um yeah. but in general i thought like oh they did a good job and introducing new characters that were also really um fun and endearing hmm. so i i like that aspect of it um i was actually surprised how much I, I, not that I love him, but I did enjoy Forky because so much of the marketing was centered around him. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was going to be kind of annoying, and I, I and I actually liked that character and kind of that that story. Even though the film ultimately, interestingly too, did not all wasn't fully about that or about him. Right. Like it it was, but not completely. Like there was way more the story was going for and what the film was about than simply. Forky and this yeah. existential crisis. <laughs> um, I, I like. I got to bring this up because, and also, we were talking about if we should have segments on this show, and I was thinking a segment should be questions we should not be asking. Um, <laughs> but we always get into questions we shouldn't be asking about how the rules of the universe works. Oh, I and, oh, and, yeah. and I feel like the farther we get into this series. The more this series yes. kind of wants us to ask those questions, I, I, it has to want us to, right? It's, it's not concerned about giving us the it answer to those questions. It, so, it, it asked the questions in the movie. Actually, so I think it, I think the last line of the movie was, yes. "How am I alive?" Yes. <laughs> and yeah. if this if this is the no, it was I don't know. Well, it was I don't know. Right. If yes. this is truly the finale, like Disney has been saying, that's the last note of the whole Toy Story series. <laughs> How am I alive? I don't, I don't know. know. That is the. the message of Toy Story franchise. Again, it's like what is this this existential crisis that like I, I was going to get into it later, but obviously I was going to ask what is this movie about, which I I won't ask. We could get we still can get into later, but spoiler, I don't have an answer to this yeah, episode. Not because I don't think there's stuff that it's about, but there's too much. I I don't know. Like I, I don't know. I know it's about something, but I I don't know what it is. I think Anyways. there's a lot it's about, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, so, yeah. The, so, one of the questions, well, a lot of questions, but um, one aspect that was kind of really interesting was, and, and this plays into kind of a, I don't know if it's a theory, but just kind of a notion I have about the whole universe, but um, is that, so even though Forky is like, you know, suicidal and, and wants to be trash or thinks he is trash and stuff, he still plays by the rules. Yeah. Right. Like, what he is, just like, what knows, does that say? Yeah. He just knows how the universe operates, even within five seconds of existence. Like, right. Yeah, he, like, knows to play dead when the humans are around. And then, but then later on, other toys start to question those rules. Like, when the stuffed animals. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, you can say, uh, you can come up with a theory like, okay, if you're a toy, you're bound by rules of the universe and you're automatically going to fall into a toy if a human walks in. But then in the first movie, that's proven to be wrong because they can choose to be alive in front of people. So (laughs) I I don't know what the the rules are. (laughs) Uh, So there's uh, so much to process. So my my notion is, and this isn't necessarily original. I don't know. Maybe it is. But um. Uh, is that so the toy it reminded me so much of like the um like the relationships that ancient greek gods with humans that had with humans oh, no <laughs> like think about it it's like these gods they're they're not benevolent beings per se some are better than others but they're just whimsical and and capricious and all these things but they breathe like zeus constantly is just like creating life for no reason and that's what this like that's what the humans are in this series is they're just like these beings that have these power and these toys are not subservient on you know that level but just like they must please the gods right even though the gods are prone to you know spurts of random emotion that aren't always beneficial that's that's what these children are they're just these godlike beings to these toys. And these toys are having bound by these rules that they didn't create or anything, but that's just that's what they gotta do. I don't know, it just reminded me of like ancient Greece and how the gods interacted with the humans and the stories and stuff. I don't know if anyone else thought that or did that. Uh no. I, I can honestly say that never crossed my mind. Um nope, never, but no. now that it has, I wish it hadn't. Um <laughs> Well, I guess the I guess the difference is that um Thanks, Sean. Jeez. <laughs> Keep a whole other reason to keep me up at night. Um, <laughs> I, I guess the difference is that the humans don't aren't aware of this, um, where yeah, the, the gods were. I don't know how much that changes. It's still horrifying, um, but <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting parallel that you draw. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not even that the gods like even have a like in the ancient Greeks. It's not like they have a plan or they're trying to help. It. Like no, it's they're just like you know, there's drama and they're warring and there's, you know, mm-hmm. love and betrayal and all this stuff. And that's who these humans are in these Toy Story films. I mean, and, the, and like, if you even go back to some of the, like, Zed feels like he could be, like, whatever, Hades or something like that, or Ares. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It just, it, it just, that the relationship, I guess, is what kind of seems so similar to me and i think that might like in terms of how the rules work that helped me kind of like <laughs> if i think about it like that then i could kind of like handle some of these rules that seem so weird i guess i have to comment on the the fact that we're at this point whereas like if you rewind back to the first one it's just a, a story about yeah. oh hey what if toys came to life when you left the room and they went on little adventures cool and and again like i said the farther we go into this the more of these heavy questions that we have to ask. <laughs> and, yep. and I don't know how I feel about that, but, um, but hey. Well, anyway, so I was going to say what, so I, I kind of mentioned some of my things and went off on a whatever rain tangent, but of what were some of the stuff that you like? Like, obviously we all liked it. Um, uh, like, what were some of your highlights? I, uh, personally, I really liked the antagonist antagonists, Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I like Toy Story 3, I think the bad guy, the Lotso Huggins, was a little bit samey with uh, Stinky Pete in the second one. Um, yeah. And they'd kind of done the, um, you know, the abandoned toys, jaded and angry and jealous. You know, they'd kind of done that. And I I was kind of, oh, here we go again when they introduced Gabby Gabby. Right. And mm-hmm. and I wasn't super invested in that story. In the, in the, uh, and then I, I liked that... Uh, 
like she got a redemption arc and yeah. that Woody I was not I was surprised to see Woody make the decisions that he made at the end and I I it was fresh enough for me to like reinvest and be be into that. I I thought that was interesting. Um I forgot the other things I like right now, but what else you Ryan, what did you like? <laughs> yeah, um I think Gabby was probably one of my favorite things. Uh just in terms just from like a basic level of her character model. Mm-hmm. Like I love we've I hope well, I don't know if you all have, but I remember those dolls, right, where you you kind of move their head and their their eye has some sort of uh like a weight know, a weight mm-hmm. to it or something there's yeah. like an accelerometer in there and it like it motions her eyes when you move her and like they got it like just in there just enough and i, I could so you could see what they were going for like little touches like that it's like okay they still have all their creative juices flowing where they, they know what they're building here and just like with little touches like that i really really appreciate yeah um yeah i think sorry I... when you said Oh, I was going to say, I think from story standpoint with her, I think it's really amazing that they establish her as someone who's evil and you don't like her. And then in the span of the time, they establish her as more sympathetic. And then in a shorter amount of time, when she gets rejected by the girl, you feel bad for her. And it, you go through this, like, I, at least I did. I, I went through this, like, did this emotional roller coaster with how I felt about that character yeah. as it went on. And I was not expecting that level of complexity. I was I was just expecting another Lotso Huggins. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think yeah I was too, and I was I actually I really did like her character a lot too, um, because I think yeah you the, her character does make you go through all those emotional um, mm. turns. I, I like that she wasn't maniacal in any way. Like even though right. yeah she's set up to be the villain, and ultimately what she's asking the heroes to do is pretty. Yeah, it's pretty villainous, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But she, it felt like more. It was like you know, yeah, this is a little selfish, and I need to do this for this reason. But it wasn't because she wanted. Like she was, like evil. Like Lotso Huggins was a pretty. I suppose, oh yeah. Evil and yeah. It, you know, it's easy to kind of brand it that way. But they kind of kept her at this level where she, like, she just wants to have, wants to be loved, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that was kind of driving her thing, and she needed this idea of perfection. Um, which I think, I don't know, had this, had she contrasted Woody pretty good in a, in a lot of different ways. Um, so it kept us in an emotional place for when she needs the audience to love her, like we can, right? She you right. Know, allows us to be vulnerable towards her. And I think they, they really played that very skillfully, very light-handed and, yeah. And they and they had the, they had the upper hand at the beginning because she's a creepy doll. And <laughs> right. it's easy to, it's easy to, make people not be on the side of a creepy doll if you need to but they walk that line and that's in the writing but also in the animation and then the character design that they're able to make her creepy and also cute when they need her to be and then uh speaking of creepy dolls she's got her her dummy army which yeah. i thought was fantastic yeah. i mean yeah, it's right out, it's right really out of goose, goosebumps but um but i and this goes back to the questions we shouldn't be asking ourselves topic, <laughs> yeah. but like I loved, I don't know why, but I loved that the the dummies couldn't speak English. They just like squawked noises. Oh, and yeah. in my yeah. interpretation, it's like, well, how does a ventriloquist dummy work in this universe? Because <laughs> you ultimately need, you, because Woody, he can lose his voice box, but he can talk well, normally to other toys. But Yeah, well, not only that, but so... There's the scene when at the very end when Buzz is trying to get them to stall, 
and he he cheats and he talks his normal voice and yeah. they understand it like so it implies yeah. that the toys can just talk and the humans will heal, heal so him, why yeah. does gabby would need a voice box just talk and pretend it's you know like that's like what is it <laughs> right well gabby gabby's voice has to come unnaturally from a buried voice box inside of her chest for the humans to buy it I guess. otherwise she's moving her mouth and it's weird and creepy but yeah but i really want to know how ventriloquist dummies what rules are they bound to <laughs> yeah because they totally feel like i don't know what is it like dispossessed where like they have no soul of their own or something <laughs> for some reason right that soul comes from a human itself like they're just puppets oh no i don't know i just brought up puppets what does a puppet yeah. do see that's the thing though <laughs> yeah is, is a it, puppet a toy this is not unintentional this was a decision to make them squawk to make it so that they are not able to speak the writing team I guarantee you had this conversation, <laughs> yes. and they, they came to some kind of consensus with a logical dis- reason behind <laughs> why the dummies act the way they do. And I want to know. I want to be a fly in the wall back in that conversation. I want. I want to understand that, and I never will. Well, yeah, especially because we see the birth of a toy, right? Right, with Forky, and so we know what is inherent. Like, okay, toys can he could he can talk normally. Like, mm-hmm. he, he could talk from the very moment he's he's created. Right. So, dummies, are they somehow created differently that they can't talk? Or was their voice removed? Or was it de-learned? Like, right. was it a behavior that was learned because of the way they were used? And that the ventriloquists were constantly talking for them, so they just, like, oh, I don't have... Like, they lost their abilities. Yeah, let me, let me pose this. Okay, Forky is a toy because a child decided it was a toy. So then gained all the powers that a toy has. Now, if a, uh-huh. if a child came into possession of a ventriloquist dummy, ah, but yeah. but did not know what it was and didn't know that you're su- the way that you're supposed to use it and played with it as if it were a doll, would it then gain additional powers? <laughs> well, okay, so here's... I, I was thinking that those... those dummies and gabby were never played with that's why they're in this antique shop their whole life because you know right it's it's established that gabby never gets to be a a child's plaything yeah i guess it's not for her it's pretty clear that she's never been a toy the dummies i don't i guess it's it's, less clear they don't go in yeah to me it's like you know how if you ever go to an antique store it's like well that there's this entire box or set of something that was never purchased and by a human mm. to use and yeah. so ended up in this antique store because it was then outdated. Mm. I thought that's what, to me in my mind, that's what this okay. was. Like there was a collection of these antique, well, ventriloquist yeah. dummies, a set of them that were just, you know, they were never used. And oh. so maybe that's why they never, uh, oh, I don't okay. know. I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> Ryan, it doesn't make sense. Ryan, you don't know. I don't. No. We can't know. Gosh, dang it. It's like the gods to the humans analogy. Yeah, I mean, we're, that's what I'm saying. We're, we're ants just, to we the gods. Know. They're ants to the... They don't... Yeah. There's, there's no way to comprehend these things. Exactly. Dang it. And the gods themselves don't even really know or care. That's the other thing. They don't... Like, what What are the, What are we to the gods? What are these toys to these children? Right? Right. Yeah. Children sure. lose toys all the time. <laughs> okay. I, I need a... I need to wind down from this. I'm getting worked up. Um, <laughs> Sean, what are some things that you liked about the movie? Um, well, I mentioned, I think in general, uh, I like the second half a little bit more. The, the, the Forky storyline was 
like I said, I did enjoy that more than I was expecting, but I did feel it was kind of interesting how it transitioned to what the film was more, ended up being more about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it was kind of a lot of the same themes, but just more focused on, I feel like, on Woody and Bo Peep and just the toys that we know in general. Um, so I like the second half a lot more. I like the setting of the of the the uh, carnival a lot. Um, I like Keanu Reeves' character actually. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he was pretty funny. Um, and I like the little Polly Pocket character. I mean, yeah. mainly if nothing else, just the little sequence where she yeah. is introduced. The rest of it is whatever. When that opening <laughs> yeah, that sequence little... was so funny. I think actually I thought this was probably funnier than i mean i haven't seen toy story 3 in a while a couple years but i just i i don't know i think it might be funnier than toy story 3 maybe even the first toy story i think you're right i think two and four are the funny ones in my mind yeah i think three i always think of as the really like it gets kind of dark yeah you know it was pretty dark it gets heavy yeah, the only part that I remember like sticks in my mind that was really funny in a really disturbing way from three was when uh, Mr. Potato Head takes over the tortilla. Mm. Um, oh, that's right. <laughs> but otherwise, I don't I don't think back on Toy Story three as being like the funny Toy Story. Wait th- a minute. So yeah. he sticks his body oh, parts no. in the tortilla, is able to <laughs> animate it, right? Oh yes. no! Oh, what does that mean? <laughs> a tortilla is not a toy. <laughs> Yeah, but it's another toy that's doing it. It's but he's like it's another toy. Like it's like uh, it's like Prometheus. No, because Prometheus was a god too. What if one of the toys (laughs) creates another toy? Yeah, exactly. That's my point. Can they? Can toys play? No, humans don't have that power. Yeah, do toys have play things? I don't know. These questions, we're not suited to answer these questions. Yeah, doesn't Barbie, isn't like one of her accessories like another Barbie doll? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. This hurts. This is hurting my head. Uh, uh, and I, Well, yeah, just in general, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, more funny than I was expecting, or funnier than I was expecting. Uh, the post credit scene was, I thought, really good, too. What else? Um yeah, I don't know. I And the ending. So <clears throat> the ending was a lot more powerful than I thought it was going to be. I mean, I do think it was kind of, I don't know if strange is the right word, but it was like kind of shoehorned in the whole Bo Peep, like retconning where Bo Peep went mm. because she wasn't an interesting character enough for them to keep writing her into Toy Story 3. So they're like, well, but we can make her interesting. Okay, well, we got to do something about how come she wasn't in the last movie then. All right, but here it is. And I kind of like that idea of that character, mm-hmm. what they did with the character. But in terms of Woody's character, at the end, I, I really, I don't know, I, I thought I thought it, it worked for me. I mean, especially the moment with Buzz, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's where, like, I was a little disappointed that Buzz kind of felt a little sidelined throughout most of the film. Because really, the series, to me started about it's their relationship right yeah right i will and so they paid it off on that final moment at the end of the movie which was maybe my favorite part i i was just going back to what you said a while ago i you i kind of feel like one of the negatives for me is that i don't think that i got enough time with the classic characters in this movie which is part of the reason why i'm struggling over whether it's a good last toy story movie because i Mm. i do think that post story 3 gave everybody their time and and this one 
spent a lot of time with the new characters, which wasn't bad. Uh, it was all really well written mm-hmm. and, and entertaining, but I do feel like it was most of the characters that the series had been developing stayed on the RV for most of the movie. And, and again, what you're talking about yeah. with Buzz, um, it, yeah, he's he was like a core of the original, like from the beginning, and it he did feel a little bit sidelined. I also do feel like the um, the stuff that they had to do was a little um, a little samey because um, it, yeah. it it's a lot of. Yeah. We got to go to the RV. Now we got to go back to the antique store. Now we got to go back mm-hmm. to the RV. Now we got to stop the RV. Now we got to go back to the antique store where the other movies felt yeah. big, more sprawling adventures. I mean, these Toy Story movies are always how are toys going to get from point A to point B when they're toys? Like at the yeah. at the end of the yeah. day, that's what these movies storylines are always are. But it did feel a little kind of confined by the geographical locations. Um, mm-hmm. And you would think that if they were going to keep to one location to be easier to kind of give all the characters more screen time but i i was kind of surprised by how a uh, little imbalanced it was for me i don't know if you guys yeah felt... that's true I, I see what you're yeah I, I definitely agree with that i felt like there wasn't enough stuff in the movie in general mm-hmm. like the first or the first part of the movie is it's i don't know how long it is whatever half an hour of just woody constantly saving forky right mm. and it, that's all it is like yeah okay we we get it you don't have to show us every mm. single time he does this it kind of yeah just kind of like okay we get the idea let's, let's mm-hmm. move this thing along and yeah just the whole especially with all the toys camped in the rv where it, it feels like the movie doesn't want us to forget about these toys like i don't know if when you guys are watching this movie if you have the sensation of yeah very much as when you're a child you don't want to ever leave a toy behind like you always like you each toy you've given your love to or you've has value to you and so you can't ever leave it someplace and and if you have a collection of 10 toys well well then all 10 are coming with you mm-hmm. and it felt the movie i'm not sure if it intentionally did this exactly in the way i'm going to state it but didn't want us to forget about these toys and they did that well kind of poorly in that just hey we're just going to keep showing them doing nothing in the rv but there they will be, sitting a sprawl of that little area in the in the camper, essentially doing nothing. And yeah, we get a little fun adventure with Buzz, but what happens? He ultimately ends up back in that same little area with the rest of the toys, having right. done nothing in the meantime. So ultimately, everyone's bouncing back and forth. Doesn't amount to much, except for the interactions, I think, with Gabby, are kind of what move the plot along. Um Right. Um, so yeah, I agree that there wasn't. There was kind of just this back and forth and kind of repeat, repeating of actions that didn't really amount to much. But going back to one of the things you said, Matt, a mm-hmm. little bit ago, you're saying you know the idea of um, the idea of like yeah, like I was saying, kind of losing a toy or leaving a toy behind. But now I can't help wondering that all the toys that I've lost in my lifetime, maybe they all just committed suicide and I just never knew. Oh no. <laughs> they all thought they were trash. They did. And that's, uh, I lost them. Oh no. I want to, I want to touch on something that you're talking about. Um, because uh, we were talking about a little bit earlier, but like, uh, just kind of like the confines of, of the location and, uh, and how much toys get, which screen time. I mean, it, Earlier we were talking about like the idea of this has to be a finale or not, but if this was just another Toy Story movie, I feel like it would be stronger if most of those other characters just weren't in it. Like if if Bonnie hadn't brought you know all the original you know ham potato head all mm-hmm. all of them on the trip, the movie wouldn't have to be as concerned with having to shove them in there 
with un- right. uninteresting scenes, and they would have had more time to develop out the Bo Peep stuff, the Gabby Gabby stuff, which was all the most interesting. Uh, and even like with the Key and Peel characters, Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. characters, mm-hmm. they were all very good, well written, funny characters for the most part. And I and mm-hmm. I feel like having to be bound by the the past of the series and the past characters was a detriment to the movie. Um, and if it wasn't trying to be a finale, it wouldn't matter because then there'd be another one, and we could just see those characters later when we need it. Right, and and that's yeah. like the pro con of doing it in an episodic or like saga style versus mm-hmm. a concise trilogy is that you never know when you're done, right? Right. So yeah. you if well if Toy Story Four is the last one, then I'll maybe be glad in you know a couple years that oh I'm glad we got to see all those characters one last time. Right. But if it wasn't like you were saying, then yeah, we just kind of wasted screen time. Exactly. Um, and then on the flip side of that note, I like I was saying, I really liked the characters that we did spend time with, and I really, really liked what they did with Bo Peep in this movie. Um, and and the reason that you talk a thing about Woody's arc, um, whether you consider this a finale or not, like in the first movie, the worst thing that could happen to you is that you become a lost toy. Like mm-hmm. it is established very early in the first movie. If you're a lost toy, that's the absolute worst thing that you can happen. And we haven't seen Bo Peep for a whole movie. And when she shows up, she's like, I'm a lost toy and I love it. Like, this is how I live my life. She's got her, like, skunk mobile. She's got, like, a first aid kit. She's, like, on the run. And she's got all these, she's, like, got all these tricks. And, you know, she, I, I thought that was so cool. That was, a, a, that was, again, refreshing and a different side of, like, what we know to be, what we know what it means to be a toy in this universe that was a different side that we hadn't seen before because we drilled into our heads over three movies you don't want to be a lost toy and i thought that was so cool and it really aided the ending for me yeah yeah i thought I, that was definitely i agree i agree yeah for sure i mean um i mean how did you feel though about i guess it wasn't a bad thing at all but i did feel like it was like Almost to kind of going on what you guys were just saying about like, well, we got to have all these toys. We got to make sure we hit show enough screen time for all these toys. So that little opening prologue of flashback of showing Bo Peep what happened to her. um, Like it felt like with that was similarly like we got to have Slinky and RC in here doing something. Mm -hmm. Uh, Put them in the prologue. You know what I mean? Like the whole that whole little adventure seemed completely inconsequential. Right? right, especially in compared right. to what the whole point of the prologue was showing Bo Peep leaving and Woody, you know, Woody's conflict conflicted state there. The 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 whole little adventure yeah. was meaningless. Ultimately, which when, is uh, strange, right? Like, yeah. was like, what was the point of even that at all? When Bo Peep makes her decision to stay in the box, I that moment was powerful enough for me that I completely forgot about the scene before that I just seen with the RC yeah. car stuck in the mud because that was because yeah, it didn't build to that moment. No, it had. They were completely unrelated beats. Like that first, like was like a cool little fun opening action sequence, but you still want to tr- usually try to like integrate that somewhat mm-hmm. naturally into whatever is important. And it, to me, it wasn't. It just felt like we got to have some RC and Slinky doing something in this movie, right? Yep. All right, put them in the program. Yeah, I, I, I more or less felt the same way. <clears throat> um, but it was. But in terms of the Bo Peep stuff, yeah, I agree. Um. And it's one of those things in going, kind of going back to the Woody stuff too, is like, it, it, it's really, it's a, obviously it's a bittersweet ending and it's one where it's just like, yeah, it ended how you want it to end, but sometimes how you, the things you want also means 
there's it's not always happy. I don't know. Yeah. It's just kind of a yeah. right. It, it kind of felt like you know the ending of Toy Story three. They're hinted at like a much darker ending, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that was everyone like, oh, it's going to end with them all getting yeah. incinerated, <laughs> right? Like, not that they went obviously that extreme, but it did feel like a little bit more like they they took kind of more realistic elements of that not darkness, but that kind of like tragic element to it and it ingrained it into the ending of this one where it wasn't so happy-go-lucky oh we made it through we got a new f- crazy guy forky with us what's that gonna be about mm-hmm. it's like oh things aren't they're not the same anymore same. yeah yeah and i think what for me what kind of hammered that home a little bit was the, like the, the idea of like permanent loss um mm. sure like loss of a friend but for like woody even in how in the previous films they had kind of gone through the whole like damage of toys but in this one he permanently loses his voice box yeah um, which i thought was pretty bold like i thought oh no he'll get it back or something will come and save the day like like in the third one like you know something comes and saves them Mm -hmm. yeah but he permanently loses his voice box and i was like whoa that that for me that made it real and it was kind of sad or tragic or whatever but i felt like it especially the way they did that the shots leading up to that um it felt like it was sad but also like you felt the idea that he was making a a worthy sacrifice um you know he was kind of woody was kind of willing to you know give something of himself you know for the for someone else kind of thing right yeah you know and and i think they did a good job of building that story up you know woody's always been the loudmouth and kind of speaks over people. In fact, they really hammer that home in this one where he's constantly talking over people, mm-hmm. in the, especially in the beginning in Bonnie's room. Yeah. And then when they go to the, well, I don't know, it's like a club, but the, yeah, you the know, that, that scene. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, Bonnie has, not Bonnie, uh, Bo Peep has told him to shut his mouth and not speak. Yeah. And, and he has to learn to kind of listen and kind of be uh, second you know, mm-hmm. kind of be, yeah. and so then, you know, of course him physically and actually losing his voice box, you know, this kind of takes it, you know, that's, it, it's all leading up to that. And he has to, that's how he learns that, right. By going through those previous things. So I thought they did a really good job of just, you know, piecing that whole story together for him. Yeah. I actually like, hadn't considered most of those points. That's really interesting how they peppered that through because I mean, the status quo for Woody as a character is so changed by the end of this movie because yeah, he's used to being the leader. Um, he's used to, again seeing being lost as the worst possible thing in the world and mm-hmm. um and and yeah the symbolism of his losing his voice box by the end of it he's just like you know everything that he previously all of his world beliefs are basically changed by the end of this movie like yeah everything is everything's different and yeah it's interesting how- yeah i mean the i yeah i really like what you're saying about the kind of symbolic idea of him losing his voice just in terms of his role but also if you think about it the voice box is something that he like to be who he is is not needed right he obviously could talk without his voice box and stuff it's a tool it's a part of him that is entirely for the benefit of in our conversation the The gods gods, right it's not something that helps him in any way it does not make him a better person it doesn't help him become a better woody it's purely for someone else and so for him to recognize like I don't need this voice box to be who I want to be or be who I am. I think that cuts a little bit to what the movie's about, I guess. And we could kind of get into that a little bit. I mean, I I do think that 
that's somewhat at the heart of what they're trying to say is like, you know, finding what is important to you, living life for yourself, living, but it's not so clear cut. And I don't know if I have fully kind of grappled with every element of it in a succinct way, because there's so much of the film that is still reinforcing this idea that like, there's value in living for other people or helping and serving other people. Mm -hmm. I mean, with Gabby's conclusion, she ends up with like, if they were really sticking to this very pristine idea of you should always, you know, live for what you want to do, live to, or do what you gives yourself purpose. Don't rely on other people to give you purpose. But, but that's not what happens to Gabby. Right. Right. I guess so. I guess the difference is is like, what is that? I guess for me, it's like, you know, Gabby never experienced that. And Woody, Woody yeah. was like on a second round, right? Like if you go back, and yeah. and there was always a little bit that didn't quite sit with me, right with me with Toy Story three, just a bit because it's like, all right, well now, okay, Andy's off to college. Now they're with Bonnie, but Bonnie's going to grow up too, and also is going to go off to college, and this is all going to happen. Like there's always a part of me in Toy Story three that couldn't like ignore that idea. Yeah, and it's like, well, at some point these toys are going to have to face the fact that, like you know what's gonna happen to him right and you know i i like that woody kind of accepted like you know what i've done my duty i've got my satisfaction out of it it was great i had my fun like i don't feel the need to try to replicate that again because i'm never going to be able to so let me go figure out what my new purpose is yeah like he he spent his first lifetime sir essentially yeah serving others but his second time around he said you know what i'm going to go get some of that life that buzz has told me to go get <laughs> yeah, yeah i guess i and i guess kind of on a bigger idea it's like well you don't have to be bound by the same dream or the same goal your entire life like if you you know put yourself in your box saying this is definitely what i want out of life like you're limiting yourself to saying like well what if this is also fulfilling right like y- you know why should we constrain ourselves arbitrarily so I, that's i feel like there's an idea there yeah i mean i definitely think it's an element to me it's an element of like how do we define ourselves Mm -hmm. and i think in a lot of ways woody through his life is always defining himself based on other people's perspectives right Mm -hmm. and i think ultimately in this one like you said even in toy story 3 as much as a quote-unquote change and learning to deal with change he's still defining himself by bonnie and right how he's perceived but in this one it's no longer defining himself how others see him but how he wants to be right? right but but i but it's but it's not so but it's but it's still respectful of those who do want to be defined by other people not, i mean that's not a great way of putting it I, there's probably a better way to articulate that notion mm-hmm. but right that this idea that like yeah i am defined by my relationship with this person and that's fine that is okay that's not a bad thing in and of itself but it's also not a bad thing to be defined by how you know entirely on your own regards I don't know. It, it, it's it's way more complex and nuanced and complicated right. than like, like it, than you would expect from a to- well, not even from because Toy Story movies and Pixar in general have always been fairly complex, I suppose. But like this one more so than others, I feel like it, it's it's something that you're constantly, at least I am, constantly going back and forth on and, and trying to kind of explore and poke and prod it. What are they trying to say here? Is is it something that is can be defined? Right. I and yeah, I want to add a dash of pepper to that theme because I, yeah, I was talking about it with my wife, but like when they go to the club scene and they're all like, "Oh, you guys, you guys have kids? Like you have a child?" Mm-hmm. You know, though, and, and it, there was like a, yeah. an odd kind of a- a- analogy to the real world where it's like, you know, 
it's expected that you know you find someone you get married and you have kids with them and some people are just Mm -hmm. like no child free that's not Mm -hmm. and for some people that's a really crazy concept and like i kind of am liking likening that in this movie to like for woody his whole life just obviously i'm gonna always serve a kid right Mm -hmm. i never occurred to him that maybe you could just live your life without it um and until he actually started warming up to the idea and seeing Bo Peep and how she lives her life and going, hey, you know what? Maybe there are lots of ways that I can enjoy my life and find fulfillment. I I might be reading a little too much into that, but I feel like there's maybe a little bit of a connection there. <clears throat> I, no, I don't. I I don't think you're reading too much into. It. I agree. I mean, I, I think that's what, like even when he kind of there's the kind of second act and they all kind of separate and what he's on his own and it's after he kind of like goes off on his rant and. And Bo Peep kind of tells him off and leaves. And then later on, she's like, no, he's like, it, it, it's not bad that he's so loyal. And then he has these feelings, like when he's telling off the little Polly Pocket Girl or, or she's telling it, right? Yeah. Like, I, I really like that aspect because I think it would have been easy for them to go, oh, the message is just live for yourself. Live, you know, mm. other people's relationships and emotional dependings aren't, dependencies aren't your problem. But but the, that's not what the film is saying either. Right. So I liked how it was a much more nuanced approach that Bo Peep is, that's great if that's what she wants to do, but that doesn't mean that anyone who is in a, a child relationship, or I don't know what we call it, is, uh, is, is, is wrong. Right. That there's benefit, there's purpose to that too. So, right. and, and, and it, and yeah, you're right. The parallels between how we, that metaphor is conveyed in our real world. Like if that means purely, you know, a romantic relationship, a child parent relationship, however you want to see that, you know, nothing, there's no like wrong way to do it, but I do think there is still value in understanding whatever that is, whatever that relationship is and whatever that purpose is derived. From. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, yeah. <laughs> Are we even talking about Toy Story anymore? I don't know. <laughs> Remember that scene where the stuffed animals talked? There we go. <laughs> It gets us back. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, did you get? So, is there anything that you really just did not like about this film? I kind of already talked about my yeah. my distastes, like the 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 limited scope of the geographical location, yeah. not showing some of the older characters. Um, well, let me ask you this: Why did you think the Toy Story three ending was a better ending? I don't. Did I say that? Didn't you say uh, that? At the beginning? I, I think I said I wasn't sure. Um, oh okay. Yeah, I. I think probably if I was, I, I I really still haven't decided yet. Um, if we're gonna, if we have to say which one's a better ending, I think probably I like that Toy Story three, um, followed up on themes from Toy Story two. It turned it into a trilogy, um, and it gave me a lot of time with the characters and wrapped up the Andy story. So, mm-hmm. I, but. Yeah, I don't know. The more I hash this out and the more I think about it, the more I think that this movie is probably more complex and more interesting to me. So, I don't know. It's it's a it's a it's a different yeah, it's type tough. of ending. Well, yeah. for me, I think I maybe like the Toy Story 3 ending more because Toy Story as a trilogy was with Andy, right? These mm-hmm. are Andy's toys. Mm-hmm. And as a conclusion for that set of toys, I think Toy Story 3 did a better job in terms of 
capturing their collective end mm-hmm. or whatever you yeah. want to phrase that in terms of andy right that's it, mm-hmm. the total the passing of the torch down to the younger generation we've seen well through the toys eyes andy grow up um but this to me this story was woody's last song or his whatever swong song mm-hmm. like with with the toy story group you know the fifth one might bring woody back right i mean that's fine whatever but if they don't make another one and this is the toy story saga conclusion this more felt like woody was the heart and soul of all the toy story films and this was the final one because it was his conclusion right. does that make sense yeah. and to me it completely yeah. reframes what toy story is in a way yeah yeah it also yeah i think yeah go ahead like it's this is the story of woody growing up essentially like this yeah. the, this film kind of cements that idea is like you're saying if it's about andy growing up the first three this it's really right and or woody becoming an adult well i don't know becoming an adult but like yeah like in some ways it's almost weird because up until now i you didn't see him as that kind of character he almost came across as a little bit i mean he learned a lot of stuff throughout the series but he was always so the like a i don't know a a john mcclain like not really john mcclain but you know what i mean just like the stalwart figure the always figurehead the leader that everyone's going to look to and while he has to learn lessons about what that means to be a leader and those are like blah 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 blah, you don't expect him to like no i'm not i'm done with that life now or you know right yeah and that's what this was about and this he's growing up woody has grown up right boy now that we come from the kids growing up to the toys growing up (laughs) <laughs> oh i've gone cross-eyed is it also maybe to like help kids like who do lose toys for for them not to feel so bad like look you lost but now you know they're just gonna be out having fun in a fake skunk yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh uh on a lighter note one of my favorite funniest parts was you know the three action figures like i forget their name action joe or whatever oh yeah <laughs> yeah and, and there's the three of them and they all give woody a high five but then the yeah. last one he's, he's just sitting <laughs> there and he's really sad yeah. i don't know why i laughed so hard at that part because there's you, no dialogue about it right you just have to watch no, and see that occur did you watch to the very end of the credits yeah all right he gets the he gets his high five wait he does yeah so if you watch past the post credit scene where it yeah. shows the Pixar logo, yeah, it's um, the Keanu Reeves. The what's the Canadian? I don't forget Can- the character's uh, name. He is instead of the lamp there, it's him standing as the eye in Pixar, and then the little action figure guy walks out and he high fives Keanu Reeves. Oh, I guess I walked out before that because I stayed at the end <laughs> of the credits. But dang it, <laughs> that's okay. Well, Ryan, you know now, you can yeah, you can find closure know. in that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that whole s- sequence was pretty funny. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know where we left us, other than me feeling like this like weird emptiness and existential dread, and uh, I-, I-, I don't know. I've gone through a whole roller, roller yeah. coaster in the last hour. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and then end it all with, "How am I alive? I don't know. I don't know." <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, they they really, for all of the implications they did by bringing that up, they didn't even try to, like, address that. <laughs> no, but they wanted us to talk about it. Yeah. Yep. It's, <laughs> uh, cursed you, Pixar. Slash Disney. All right. Well, um, any other final thoughts on Toy Story? Anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to hit? No, I think I got my thoughts out. I enjoyed it. 
It was. It's. Yeah. I mean, if if nothing else, it's a really good time, and it's funny. It's one of the funnier yeah. ones. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, very funny, and I think emotionally rewarding as well in a lot of ways. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is Toy Story film. Even though, like I said, walking into, I was not expecting to like it. I honestly knew it was going to still be a quality film. Mm-hmm. Like, right? Like, I didn't think it was going to be Cars two or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> At least I hoped. But uh, imagine if Cars four is like this, and they. I don't know. There's no way there could be the same emotional resonance with that. No. Toy Story will never hope to achieve what Cars has achieved. <laughs> well, but they, I think there's this still, still many of the same existential questions, though. So. Oh, yeah. Cars, yeah. Ra- but, Cars raises way more questions. Yeah, But they don't ask them on purpose in Cars. <laughs> no. <laughs> we could do many episodes about the logistics of the rules of the Cars universe. And I kind of want to. I mean, Cars universe is almost like a... A uh, a version of the Toy Story universe, but without like the gods that created. It's just like the humans awoke, or you know, the toys awoke and found that all of their gods were dead, and that's what Cars is. <laughs> oh wow, that's this. Please make it to- uh, Cars for us, so we can have this <laughs> conversation. I, thought, I never thought I'd say that. Asking for a Cars movie. You know, we, well, if you're listening, anyone at Pixar, there you go. We, we, oh, you're not making any more sequels though. We're, we're, we can just have a, a Cars podcast. Yeah, we could do a bonus Cars episode. <laughs> There's nothing stopping us. There's, I would not be against There's no that. rules. <laughs> I mean, that would require me, I guess, not require, but I probably should see Cars 3. I never saw it either. Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that either. It's that and Good Dinosaur is the only Pixar. Same. I also haven't seen Good Dinosaur. I was, Let's have a Good Dinosaur viewing party. No. <laughs> I uh, I was still working at the movie theater when that came out, and I went in. I went, still didn't I went in for a few, like on a lunch break and watched a few minutes, and yeah. I went, I I think I'll skip this Pixar movie. That was a sentence I had never said. <laughs> <laughs> and you said it really loud in the, in the yeah. middle of you were watching Oh, yeah, it. absolutely. In my uniform, <laughs> and then I walked right back out. <laughs> you, like, announced it. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, you guys want to wrap this up? Yeah. Um, well, that was our pick. Our picks our Toy Story, Toy Story Four discussion. Um, there was a lot packed in there, and yeah. I don't know if we even unpacked it all. But I, I feel like we did some good service to it. So um, let us know what you thought of Toy Story Four, though. Did Did you look as hard into it as we did? And if not, we're sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry, you had to listen to all of it. And if so, then give us your thoughts. What a pantheon of gods do you believe <laughs> Toy Story represents? <laughs> um, All right. Let me, let me, let me. Yeah, send us home. Send us home. Let's, let's take this home. This has been episode 41 of After the Credits CM Chunks podcast. I've been Matt Chewy. We've been Ryan Davis and Sean Davis. Uh, we are on several podcasting outlets, including uh, Apple Podcasts, Castro, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. Uh, we're also on the original Yum Chunks YouTube channel. That's a great place to leave a comment if you want to get in touch with us. You can also get in touch with us by emailing us at yumchunks at gmail.com. If you agree or disagree with anything we've said, please leave us a message and we'll address it on air. That could be fun, right? I think so. We can all agree on that. <laughs> And uh, we hope that you'll uh, come back and and uh, and and listen to us again. 
yeah, probably going to be talking about some Spider-Man in the next episode. Um, and if you are a gamer and have played Devil May Cry 5, then tune into our last episode where Chris and our friend Aaron talked about that game. And none of us have played that game, so none of us talked about it. Nope. Um, also, I just wanted to point out, we went through this whole episode and never meant, once mentioned your Mouseology, or Mouseology episode about the Toy Story franchise, up until Toy Story 4, that is. Um, which I think is worth pointing out because a lot of the stuff that we're talking about, um, like, I don't know, I think is a good addendum to everything you brought up and talked about in Toy Story or in that video. So check out, uh, Mouseology Toy Story episode. What was, what's it called? The true meaning in Toy yeah. Story? Yeah. Hey, thanks for bringing that up. I actually, uh, forgot I made that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that thematically connects really well. So yeah. True meaning of Toy Story. Mouseology episode one. Yeah. Cool. It's a good watch. Awesome, Sean. You you got a you got a friend in me. <laughs> oh, Chewie, two infinity. You got a friend in me. <laughs> no, he's no. just to say and, and beyond. <laughs> you got a friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you need to shut this down. <laughs> get out of here, Randy New. Right. <laughs> get 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 out of get out of here. Oh, Randy, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Goodbye, right. everyone. This has been After the Credits. A Young Chunks Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>